Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This week on Wealth Track, Eaton Vance's globe-trotting Kathleen Gaffney picks up value and income opportunities wherever she finds them. Her latest discoveries are next on Consuelo Mac Wealth Track. Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mac. 18th century British nobleman Baron Rothschild is alleged to have said, buy when there is blood in the streets. He supposedly made a fortune speculating when Napoleon was defeated at Waterloo. We know for a fact that legendary 20th century investor Sir John Templeton followed his buy in periods of maximum pessimism principle to great success. Now, if you were to name places in the world where you wouldn't consider investing today, what comes to mind? How about Venezuela, where the economy is in ruins, the president discredited and the opposition mounting? Or a specific company in this country, like Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E for short, the California utility that filed for bankruptcy and bore the physical and legal brunt of the recent devastating California wildfires. Well, those are fertile grounds for contrarian investors or just traditional value investors who look for opportunities where others fear to tread. This week's guest is just such an investor. Her specialty is fixed income, but she has the latitude to invest around the world and anywhere in the capital structure, and she revels in the hunt. She is Kathleen Gaffney, Director of Diversified Fixed Income at Eaton Vance, where she is also the lead portfolio manager of the Eaton Vance Multi-Sector Income Fund, which she launched as the Eaton Vance Bond Fund when she joined the firm in early 2013. The fund is known for its flexibility to seek higher total return opportunities wherever available in the world and the capital structure of the companies chosen. That approach has also meant significantly more volatility than its peers in Morningstar's multi-sector bond category. It carries a three-star rating, but is ranked in the top 1% off for the last three years and the middle of the pack for the last five, and has beaten its benchmark since inception. The Gaffney is also lead portfolio manager of the somewhat more traditional Eaton Vance Core Plus bond fund. It carries a five-star rating and is ranked in the top performance percentiles for the last three- and five-year periods under her leadership. The last time I sat down with Gaffney in late 2017, she told us we were at an important inflection point, shifting from a secular decline in interest rates to a gradual rise. I asked her where we stand now. We're still at that inflection point moving closer towards that secular rise in interest rates. We've seen a lot of that recently with increased volatility and the 10-year moving up closer and closer to 3%. So the secular decline in interest rates, it's still in progress? It isn't over? Transitions sometimes take a very long time. And that's exactly what is going on here. But you're seeing some big transitions that I think make it an inflection point in that we're going from monetary policy to fiscal policy. 
the economy is really changing. Mm -hmm. And labor is starting to have a stronger voice. So when you say that we're going from monetary policy to fiscal policy, is that as far as where the stimulus for the economy is coming from? Exactly. Yeah. Since the global uh, financial crisis, right. we've been in an environment of low interest rates, central banks really controlling the markets. And they have done as much as they can do. And at this point, it's moving towards the politicians. We've had uh, a lot of political issues all around the globe, mm -hmm. populism, nationalism, there isn't enough growth going for everyone. And so the politicians are taking charge and we're seeing fiscal stimulus. So the tax cuts, talk about infrastructure spending, uh, you're seeing it not only in the US, but in Europe, in China, it's all around the globe. So Kathleen, how does that affect your job? These are very interesting times. Mm -hmm. So interesting, it's hard to look away because the politics uh, are impacting the markets. Right. And really moving the markets. So you need to think about the motivations behind political decisions. Uh, it's, it's absolutely uh, fascinating, but it impacts the way we think about emerging markets, it's impacting the way we think about developed markets, and as, as challenging as these times are, it's creating some very important opportunities, particularly for fixed income investors. So what are you paying attention to and, and what is making a difference in how you are investing in the U.S., for instance? That was a big reversal mm -hmm. on, on the part of Powell. Uh, it is so refreshing, though, to hear him talk because he speaks in everyday language. So when we pay attention to what he says. Right. Um, I think he's in uh, really a rock and a hard place, a very tough position because the mission that the Fed is on is to get back to normal as quickly as they can. We're late cycle in the economy. Things are good, but at some point we're going to have a recession. When a recession occurs, the Fed generally needs about 400 to 500 basis points of room to move down. So that's, in layman's language, that's four to five percentage, full percent right. to, of room and, in, in interest rates. So the Fed funds should be, you know, I don't know, two, three, four percent higher than it is now. Right. The level so of the Fed funds rate. They need to get there. Right. Because we're not going back to zero. Mm -hmm we are still waiting to see more and more inflation. I actually think that the shutdown, when it ended, it ended because the air traffic controllers, the transportation system was choked right. and we needed workers. Right. That's a big signal that the workers have the power. And that means that they can negotiate for higher wages. So you think, is that going to be part of the returning to normalcy, is that we're going to see wage increases? Yes. Okay. I, I think that is definitely coming because labor markets are tight. And the fiscal stimulus is going to continue, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's changes in taxes and spending. Mm -hmm. We're going to get growth going. And so those are upward pressures on interest rates. So while the pause here gives us time to remove what I think uh, helped 
the Fed make that decision, which is we've got to be able to help with all the uncertainty out there that's being caused by the politicians. We have a trade war. We have Brexit. With China, right, with Brexit, China. right. We have Brexit. It's an awful lot of uncertainty uh, weighing on the market. But as those issues are resolved, and I think they will be, there are many reasons why the U.S. and China want to move forward. Uh, we need growth to keep going. It's slowing in China, and there are questions about the strength of the growth here in the U.S. Right. So uh, I'm looking for that to clear. I also think we're going to see a favorable outcome uh, in, in the U.K. as well. And what is a favorable outcome in the U.K.? <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Good question. Uh, some of it is due to time. Older people have passed away, mm -hmm. and you now Who have voted for Brexit, for, exactly. right, for leaving the European Union, right? And the younger folks who would like to remain, you now have an, a million and a half additional voters in the UK. In the UK, okay. that would vote to remain. And I think over the two years, the concerns about a hard Brexit have really made people think a little differently. So it's all in how the question gets asked, and I think the chances are increasing. And that will remove uncertainty. Germany was talking about stimulus mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago, and that was mainly because of what would happen with Brexit. Right. So if you remove that uncertainty, you're clearing the path for better growth in Europe, uh, in the U.S. and in China, all of the really big drivers of the global economy. And then fundamentally in Latin America, some great changes going on there politically. So we've got some great opportunities, and as rates move up, I think valuations in the developed world uh, will get better, mm -hmm. more attractive. What happened last year? Why was it that three-month T-bills did so well, and, and other fixed income securities, and also, you know, equities didn't do well, and oil went down, and, you know, commodities went down, and I mean, it was just crazy. There was... Cash did well. There was a lot of volatility. Right. And cash is a drag until it's not. Right. And now it's not because yields went up at the short end enough for investors to say, that's not such a bad return. Mm -hmm. And it's liquid and it's safe. So short duration investments became very attractive. The question is, how long are rates going to stay there? Right. And it seems like we're on hold, so it's a good place to find liquidity. I would say cash is probably one of the best values that is out there today. Um, and you can package it with uh, investments that are maybe a little more risky but have significantly higher return potential. I think our go-to areas in traditional fixed income, mm -hmm. which are treasuries and corporate bonds, right. particularly investment grade, have very little value. So you need to barbell your risk. Mm -hmm. Very safe with enough return, positive fundamentals with some risk, whether it's credit or currency mm -hmm. or country that has higher return potential. That should allow you to achieve a higher 
over all risk. You mentioned Latin America, and, I, and emerging markets certainly have been one area that have been very undervalued. Um, and so what's, what is your view of emerging markets and, and specifically Latin American debt? I think Latin America right now is incredibly compelling. Uh, we have Brazil, we have Mexico, we have Argentina, we have Venezuela. I, Venezuela, you've mentioned those <laughs> in the same breath, I can't believe it. It is, it's amazing, and it's all coming together. And, and you told me not to look at Latin America through a Western lens. Tell me what you mean by that. If you look at Latin America as Westerners do mm -hmm. in the liberal world order, uh, they look like crazy people. Right, kind They're of just not more despotic, uh, right, just chaotic. Uh, not necessarily democratic in some cases, right. Exactly, but each country has their own story. I was reading about Brazil last summer mm -hmm. and uh, heard that the populace was looking really for a strongman, mm -hmm. someone with a military background because of all the corruption that they've gone through. And they really want to move for forward. The middle class wants a better standard of living. Right. You can't get that with a lot of corruption. Bolsonaro was appealing to the populace because of his military background. Mm -hmm. Socially, he says a lot of things that would be very upsetting to many Westerners. Mm -hmm. But it's the important thing of what the, the voters want at that point in time and whether he's going to be able to bring through reform. The Brazilian Congress comes back in February and it's expected over the last few months that they're actually going to move forward with pension reform. Mm -hmm. The population really supports that reform. It's going to be hard, but it's important and it needs to happen. That's good news for Brazil in terms of opening up uh, their economy, having their companies become more global, and for access to capital markets. Inflation is coming down. They're coming out of a recession. It's, it's really a great positive story. What kind of securities are you, do you find you know, most attractive? So we own Brazilian uh, local, meaning mm -hmm. denominated in Brazilian real, mm -hmm. government bonds. Government bonds, okay. Um, we own them because we like the fundamental story there. You're getting paid close to 9%, and we really like the currency. So uh, the currency is likely to appreciate as money moves into Brazil. Brazil has a large population. They have a lot of work to do in terms of infrastructure. But with less concern about corruption, you're, you're actually seeing a lot of positive fundamental opportunity. Mm -hmm. And their companies, they are looking, not unlike what China is trying to do, for national champions, for companies that are rising citizens. You can find uh, companies that are either rated below investment grade or at the very low end of investment grade that are making acquisitions around the globe. Uh, JBS, which is a uh, meat manufacturer, mm -hmm. meat producer, uh, they grew as a result of acquiring Pilgrim's Pride here in the U.S. Oh. And they also have operations in Europe and Saudi Arabia. They're really, they've become a global company. Mm -hmm. They've had their challenges, uh, but they were thinking about moving to Austria 
And the Brazilian government said, please don't go. We want you here. There are uh, other companies like Suzano, a paper producer. Uh, they are also looking to acquire and become a global brand. And Brazil uh, is incentivizing them to stay, just like New York did to Amazon, for instance, to you know, stay here, we'll give you tax benefits, we'll do exactly. all sorts of things for you. So they're, they're trying to be competitive. Exactly. Right. And these are the types of partnerships between private and public mm -hmm. um, where you can really see significant moves in terms of growth and uh, consumption. So those are good examples of total return, yield and price appreciation coming from lower interest rates, but also the currency. It's the trifecta. You've got a bunch of things working for you. So Kathleen, you mentioned Venezuela. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really looking at potential opportunities, investment opportunities in Venezuela? We like to think long term. Uh -huh. And while I wouldn't necessarily be dipping in today all right. uh, at all, but when you see all of those countries in Latin America, Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, they're on their way up. Venezuela right now, when you look at where are they getting support, across the Americas, they have support from Canada, the U.S. Venezuela. Yes, recognizing the opposition. Opposition, right. Yes. So, so Marco Rubio and others are, are uh, supporting the opposition to Maduro, and that is Guaido. Guaido. Yes. Uh, and and uh, Guaido has also been talking to uh, Houseman, who's an economist at Harvard, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, is Venezuelan, ah. but living in the U.S. for decades. So does Guaido, does he stand a chance, though? I, th I think he does, uh -huh. partly because the folks that own a lot of, Bra of Venezuelan debt right. are Canadian, U.S., and European. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some big stakes there. There's going to be a debt restructuring. We saw some interesting examples recently with Argentina and Turkey. Argentina went to the IMF immediately, and we've seen that country recover quite quickly mm -hmm. from what could have been a, a, a serious liquidity event. Right. Turkey took their time. So in case our viewers haven't figured it out by now, you, you definitely look for opportunities in places that many other traditional investors would shy away from. And one of the securities that you mentioned to me, or one of the companies, was Pacific Gas and Electric, which Eaton Vance, you know, months ago had downgraded before the the utility, electric utility in California, declared bankruptcy. But now you are saying that there might be some opportunities in Pacific Gas and Electric. It's, it's an interesting credit story. And right. a good example of while I don't see a lot of opportunity in U.S. corporates, there will continue to be select Selective. opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, and this is one. Our credit team did say that PCG, Pacific Gas and Electric, should be avoided uh, for high-quality portfolios uh -huh. because of the risk with the wildfires. Um, but as the wildfires um, came to be not only a big issue from 2017, but also this summer, uh, the whole concept of climate change impacting a public utility, which is a basic service mm -hmm. for the population, and 
how is that kind of risk to be uh, borne yes, by the company, kind of by the right. taxpayers? So clearly there's a discussion that needs to happen. And so their decision to file for bankruptcy uh, when they're still solvent means that there's asset protection there, but we're trying to get a conversation. They're trying to get a conversation going with the legislature about we need some help here as we sort this out. Uh, so the, the assets there are there. Uh, something will be worked out. And mm -hmm. so when spreads widen out, that becomes an opportunity, particularly if those changes can be applied to other utilities around uh, the California region. Huh. Right, and when, and when you say the spreads widen, so when the, the bonds prices are, are under pressure and their yields are going way up, right. So that again, that's a place where you would look for opportunities. So, which leads me to one final point, and 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 that is that uh, that you had, had told me at one point that you think 2019 is going to be a year that to the benefit of active managers. What is it about this year that you think is is going to make a difference for an active manager versus an index fund? A few things. Uh, the volatility is picking up. Mm -hmm. um, that's the natural reaction to rates finally getting off the zero bound and the market unsure of how quickly it's going to happen and how that impacts capital that's going to move. Um, so that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that bonds are also starting to not act as they have in the past. Normally when you get equity volatility, bonds are a nice hedge, particularly treasuries. Right. But as interest rates move up and fiscal spending picks up, what you're seeing is interest rates uh, do not have that negative correlation. They're moving in lockstep with, uh, with equities. So you're not, not being protected by treasury securities, which you used to be when, uh, when, when stock, the stock market went down, you, you usually were protected by uh, by Treasury securities, but you're saying they're they're not going to be they're going to be correlated with the stock market. Now. Exactly, oh. duration is not your hedge anymore. Right, you've got to get your offset to higher return sources of fixed income, which I think will come from eventually wider credit spreads, but also country and currency. So it means you can't pick a, a winning sector. Mm -hmm. You've got to look around the globe for companies like PCG, uh, like countries, mm -hmm. Brazil, uh, Mexico, mm -hmm. Argentina, and make a decision about currency. Do you want to own the local or stay in the, in the U.S. dollar? Um, those are three very different sources of return. And so you're drifting away from a benchmark right. and you're picking your spots for value and for fundamental reasons. So a couple of years ago, when we had you on last, uh, we asked you for one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio, and at that time it was a home builder, Lennar. Uh, what would it be now? We still like Lennar. Oh, really? Uh -huh. Actually, so, it, and that's long-term uh, picks. Mm -hmm. You want to buy and hold for a long time. Right. But um, we've talked a lot about Latin America today. Yes. Clearly, I, I see that as a great opportunity. Uh, for... The typical individual investor, it's not always easy to get exposure no. to Brazil. Um, you're not going to want to own your own Brazilian bond, government bond. Right. Um, 
But with the value and fundamentals there improving, I think a great efficient way to get exposure is with iShares Latin America. Mm -hmm. That gives you exposure to companies without taking a lot of specific risk, and it's very diversified without the currency risk as well. And, and, and that's, an, that's an ETF, and it invests in, in stocks. In Brazilian Latin stocks, stocks, or Latin American stocks. Latin American stocks, stocks right, yes. with Brazil being a pretty heavy yes. portion of that. Yes. All right. Thank you, Kathleen Gaffney, for joining us on Wealth Truck again, and, and for some really in, very interesting ideas. Always great to be here, Consuelo. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is take advantage of the higher interest rates available in cash. Cash was the best performing asset class last year. Three-month U.S. Treasury bills returned 1.9% when most other stocks, bonds, commodities, and currencies declined. No matter what happens this year, cash can provide a positive return, and there are competitive rates available. As frequent WealthTrack guest Jason Zweig put it in his recent Intelligent Investor column in the Wall Street Journal, raise your own rates even if the Fed won't. He had a number of suggestions about where to go for higher rates, all better than the less than 1% returns found in savings accounts at commercial banks and most brokerage firm cash accounts. How to boost yields without increasing risk. Savings accounts at online banks are yielding 2% plus and are federally insured up to the standard $250,000. And short-term U.S. Treasuries also offer better than 2% returns. As Wag says, you may never get an easier chance to raise your returns at no extra risk. Next week, the new Civic Age. Fidelity Charitable's Pamela Norley and the Caring Economy's Toby Usnick explain why the ability to do good has never been better for individuals, investors, and business. In this week's extra feature, how does Kathleen Gaffney decompress? She will give us some pointers. In the meantime, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for watching. Have a super President's Day weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.